Welcome to General Conference. Press on. Hold fast. Heed not. If we want to find balance in life, and if we want the Savior to lift us heavenward, then our commitment to Him and His gospel can't be casual or occasional. You're stronger than you think. Help is available from others and especially from God. You are loved and valued and needed. We need you. Fear not and believe only. When the storms in life come, you can be steady because you are standing on the rock of your faith in Jesus Christ. We have never needed positive spiritual momentum more than we do now to counteract the speed with which evil and the darker signs of times are intensifying. The kingdom of glory we receive in the final judgment is determined by the laws we chose to abide in our Heavenly Father's loving plan. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to General Conference Review, the podcast all about what the prophets, seers, and revelators of these last days share at General Conference. And we ask the important question, how have we taken what we have heard in General Conference and applied those principles into our lives? Hello, and welcome back to General Conference Review. I'm your host, Todd Bruce, and joining me is Kevin Beamer. How's it going, Kevin? It's going fantastic, Todd. Great to be here, buddy. Great to hear your beautiful, dulcet tones. It's uh, it's definitely a pleasure to get together and have conversations. Both Kevin and I are, are uh, trying to overcome some sicknesses, some colds, and uh, so we're, we're, we're just cracking up at ourselves and our, how we sound. But um, Kevin sounds normal to me, and I sound normal to Kevin, so we're going to just <laughs> run with it. <laughs> uh, That's all that matters. That's right. Uh, today we're covering the doctrine of belonging by Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. He shared this in the uh, Saturday afternoon session of the October General Conference uh, in 2023. Uh, it was it was a great one. Actually, in our ward, uh, I think we pushed to share this one fairly quickly uh, as an Elders Quorum Relief Society lesson mm-hmm. um, in our ward. The Elders Quorum President, the Relief Society President, myself, we have a little uh, text thread. And as soon as we start, you know, thinking about what the next six months of lessons are going to be like, we each basically pick uh, three talks that we feel impressed by. Uh, So then we have nine and then we we each pick one more just to make sure that, you know, if I pick four talks right away, I might have picked some of their talks or Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. So it's we do kind of a bit of a, a draft and talk about it and. This was one that everyone agreed needed to be discussed in our ward. Uh, and it was a benefit. Now, I have no idea what they talked about because I was hanging out with the priest quorum that day. But um, it's, a, it's a great talk. And it's important for each and every one of us to, to understand the, the gospel principles and the gospel applications uh, of them and how we can uh, benefit and be a benefit uh, to others. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to jump in here. The first little section I had uh, highlighted uh, is, I'd say, about four paragraphs down. And uh, he's talking about Joseph Smith, 
Uh, and he quotes him. He goes, we are the favored people that God has made choice uh, of to bring about the Latter-day glory, unquote. So he shares that quote, and then he adds this, having been given this privilege, we cannot permit any racism, tribal prejudice, or other divisions to exist in the Latter-day Church of Christ. The Lord commands us, be one, and if you're not one, you're not mine. We should be diligent in rooting prejudice and discrimination out of the church, out of our homes, and most of all, out of our hearts. As our children, or as our church population grows ever more diverse, our welcome our, chill, our welcome must grow ever more spontaneous and warm. We need one another. And for some reason, I really want to read the word children. But um, <laughs> the thought I had with this as, as a preface, because uh, he t- talks about the church and how it's it started out predominantly, uh, you know, white European, uh, yeah. moving to North America. And then there was some Native Americans, African Americans and Pacific Islanders. And uh, now we're uh, increasingly more diverse. But the reason I wanted to share this was, uh, and I can't remember who said it, um, but he talked about um, being a stone thrower versus being a stone catcher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and, yes. And it's not enough to just stop this type of tribalism, prejudice, racism, but we need to root it out and we need to stop it and we need to, yeah. to stop it or catch, catch other people in those moments and correct them. And uh, and make sure that we are stone catchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this doctrine of belonging is going to be a, is is critical for ourselves and for those around us. And yeah. there's, there's no better way or no worse way to erase all the good of that doctrine of belonging than by um, examples of racism, tribal prejudice, or other divisions like it's our contention in general. Mm-hmm. So that's. Let's root it out. Let's stop it. And let's be better. Yeah, I think that was Elder Randland, by the way. Stone Randland. Yeah, that that sounds about right. I love Elder uh, Randland. And it's interesting as we talk about these sorts of things. I like the wording that he used, uh, talking about we cannot permit any racism. And we're like, yes, of course, we know that. Uh, even though our church does have roots <laughs> that at some point were racist, right? Some some uh, policies that we had. Yeah. And then it says tribal prejudice, which tribal prejudice is usually talking about like cliques. You know what I mean? Like if we were to define it into cliques or groups or whatever. So it's don't discriminate based on race. Don't discriminate based on cliques or other divisions. Like very clear. You should not have divisions in this church. We should be one. Which is, go ahead. Our number one identifier, as President Nelson has shared, should be as children of God, not yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a Democrat, Republican, liberal, yeah. um, conservative. I'm I'm a member of this church, or you're not, so I can't yeah. associate with you. It's yeah. or I'm I'm yeah. My sexual orientation and yours is different than mine, so you're weird. It's these things should not be things that we use as, as mm-hmm. dividers, it silos us off away from people and it's not, it's not helpful and it yeah. doesn't benefit anybody. But it's much easier said than done. Right. And he oh. talks about being diligent and rooting out yeah. prejudice and discrimination. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. And then sometimes we're like, Oh, what I just did was, you know what I mean? Oh, prejudice yeah. or discriminatory. And I didn't even mean to. And which right. I think leads into our next, spot that we're going to get into here yeah 
Yeah. Are we good to Give move on? Or did you have well, we, else well, I, I was just going to say I am probably the, the principal person in my ward, in my area, of the person who puts his foot in his mouth and, yeah. and makes, makes these mistakes. And, you know, not I don't, I don't want to say I do things intentionally all the time, but sometimes yeah, yeah. unintentionally, sometimes... I'm just trying yeah. to crack jokes or be goofy or whatever. Yeah. But I I, uh, I I tend to offend more than I mean to. And, uh, yeah. you know, and that's, I'm, you know, there's some of these instances of racism, tribal prejudice, and other divisions that people are doing intentionally. And some mm-hmm. of them are doing unintentionally. And I think it's it's important to do have some self-reflection to identify where we can yeah. be better, what we can do to improve. When I just, I also like what you were saying earlier, like I love how he says our welcome must grow ever more spontaneous and warm. Yeah. Just in general, like that's how we need to be, uh, which is also much easier said than done. But it's something to work on, right? That self-reflection. When I meet people, do I go out of my way or do I only go out of my way if they fit this mold of uh, 30 to 40 years of age? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it becomes more critical to, I'm recognizing it's becoming more critical to foster and nourish relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always been, I've always had a mentality where I have a core group of friends and that's enough. Yeah. I don't need need to be friends with everybody. It's just fine. But, but the more, the older I get, the more I recognize the importance of fostering relationships with everybody. I don't have to be best friends with everybody, but I, I have to. It, you know, treat people with respect and 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 be kind. You know, it's it, it yeah. costs nothing to be kind. And it's uh, it's also tough too, right? Because time is so limited that it's like if I'm going to hang out with someone, I want to hang out with people yeah. that bring me that build me up, etc. But we can also find different spontaneous ways to do. Right. Uh, it it doesn't mean that I have to have everybody into my home once a week or something and rotate through people because I'm being caught. Like that's not. That's not what it means. Yeah. Uh, so going on, he's got a paragraph. He talks about a sense of belonging is important to our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Yet it is quite possible that at times each of us might feel that we don't fit in. In discouraging moments, we may feel that we will never measure up to the Lord's high standards or the expectations of others. We may unwittingly impose expectations on others or even ourselves that are not the Lord's expectations. We may communicate in subtle ways that the worth of a soul is based on certain achievements or callings, but these are not the measure of our standing in the Lord's eye. eyes. The Lord looketh on the heart. He carries, cares about our desires and longings and what we are becoming. I've definitely experienced this sort of thought pattern uh, where I remember at one point I was working on my bachelor's degree and we were living in less living in the trailer courts and our ward was in a wealthier section and we were in the trailer courts. And it was one of the wards that we felt that we never really got uh, entrenched in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And some of it was, we were kind of embarrassed because if you'd go into someone else's home, you're kind of embarrassed of the trailer or whatever that we're living in. And now there's nothing wrong with living in a trailer, uh, but it's just interesting how, how we can impose those expectations and things like that um, without that may not even be a thought of someone else. That's, that's very true. I, I can't begin to tell you how many people um, 
I so uh, as important as it is for us to be mindful of what we say to others to yeah. not offend and to not it's also important for us to recognize that we need to give others some grace a little bit and that yeah. they, they may not be judging us at all and mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you the number of people who don't want to come to church because they feel judged yeah. and I really badly want to tell people that it's worse than that they're not judging you they're probably not thinking about you at all yeah, they don't care. <laughs> and if you're and if you if you've shown up to church, they're probably like, "Hey, cool, so and so's here." Like, yeah, it's you know, it's great when when uh, you know, and I don't know what's worse, judgment or apathy. That's but, a good question. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's that's what I want to tell people, and and I, I just you keep trying to encourage and want them to be there. But mm-hmm. um, we're so hard on ourselves, yeah, often, and that's just Satan just drilling at home and dry, driving, yeah driving us away, trying to drive wedges between us and other people from, from connections or fostering relationships. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We need to do what we, we, yeah, we need to ignore him and just move on and, and be willing to connect with others. So now, yeah. you know, who in their right mind expects a, you know, a 22, 20 to 24 year old, a uh, young couple to have their life together and live in a, a pristine mansion while they're yeah, trying yeah. to, that's not yeah. a realistic no. expectation of anybody. So if you're living in a trailer and you're making it work, that's great. But, but mm-hmm. still, we're still going to be insecure about those things. And I've, oh, you know, sure. Uh, interesting. That, uh, I'm turning 40 this year, as you would probably know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm turning Cause, 40. Because you're turning 40 this year. And uh, I'm always in, I've never cared about age. I still do not care about age. Like I'm hitting, I'll hit 40. Doesn't bother me at all, but it's a big deal to a lot of people, different age, ages that they hit, whether it's 30, 35, 40. And most of the time though, it's based upon they've not met what they think are expectations or achievements. They're not where they thought they'd be. Yeah. And I love this because he's very clear. He's the Lord looketh on the hearts. He cares about our desires and longings. And what we are becoming. So pretty simple. <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're doing okay. Frustration. The definition of frustration, in my mind, is just uh, unmet expectations that we placed yeah, yeah. on our, our that we have unrealistically placed on a situation yeah. or imposed. Yeah. And they're unmet, so now I'm frustrated, yeah, and yeah. and it's tough. And I and I get there. I I struggle with it regularly. We all do. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I would when, when you read this line, I, I was thinking of um, the Lord's Vineyard and all the, or maybe not the Lord's Vineyard. I think the the master who gave his 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 servants uh, various talents. Oh yeah, yeah. And asked them to go and and uh, nurture those talents and grow, get more. And you know, what are we doing with those talents? And now mm-hmm. is one servant worth more than any other servant? Or no? They're given each given different levels, and mm-hmm. they're just expected to do what they can with what they're given. That's right. And uh, some people, you know, and, and, you know, we're all in different stages of life where we're able to provide or do more yep. than, than others and others are, will, have already been there or will have an opportunity to get there. And it's, it's, that's life. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Uh, the next part, she just gets right into it. A story that sister Jody King wrote of her own experience of past years of, some struggles. Uh, here we go. I'm just going to read it. 
and then we're going to talk about it. I was going to summarize it, but it's, I'm just going to read it. Yeah, that's fair. I never felt like I didn't belong at church until my husband, Cameron, and I began struggling with infertility. The children and families who had typically brought me joy to see at church now started causing me grief and pain. I felt barren without a child in my arms or a diaper bag in a hand. The hardest Sunday was our first one in a new ward. Because we didn't have kids, we were asked if we were newlyweds and when we planned on starting a family. I'd gotten pretty good at answering these questions without letting them affect me. I knew they weren't meant to be hurtful. However, on this particular Sunday, answering those questions was especially hard. We had just found out after being hopeful that we were yet again not pregnant. I walked into sacrament meeting feeling downtrodden and answering those typical get to know you questions was hard for me. But it was Sunday school that truly broke my heart. The lesson intended to be about the divine role of mothers quickly shifted gears and became a venting session. My heart sank and tears silently flowed down my cheeks as I heard a blessing I would give anything for. I bolted out of church. At first, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to experience that feeling of isolation again. But that night, after talking with my husband, we knew we would keep attending church, not only because the Lord has asked us to, but also because we both knew that the joy that comes from renewing covenants and feeling the spirit of church surpasses the sadness I felt that. In the church, there are widowed, divorced, and single members. Those with family members who have fallen away from the gospel, people with chronic illnesses or financial struggles, members who experience same-sex attraction, members working to overcome addictions or doubts, recent converts, new move-ins, empty nesters, and the list goes on and on. The Savior invites us to come unto him no matter our circumstances. We come to church to renew our covenants, to increase our faith, to find peace, and to do as he did perfectly in his life, minister to others who feel like they don't belong. Ah. Uh, so this is a big one. It's fan, It's a lovely example by Sister King in her words of her reality and how she's been affected by things. And it made me think because I've got, you know, friends that I've asked questions like this before. And I don't do it out, out of, I truly don't necessarily care whether someone has kids or not, but it's just some sort of small talk. And it's really important that I guess we get to know people on a deeper level, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. And obviously, just meeting someone, it's kind of hard, but it is good to understand that there are some things we don't need to ask about right away. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that's a key thing. I think if it if if people are pretty pretty keen and pretty aware of one another and they're people can cut through the bs they have, uh, i used to say that that uh less active members have a keen uh ability to to sense genuine care uh, love right mm -hmm. and i and i that's what i used to say and now i say members or people in general <laughs> have, yeah. have the ability to, to cut through the bs and they yeah. they can they can sense genuine care so if if you're asking it to just make you know small talk or find something to talk about that's one thing uh if you if you actually care and are invested in their life and and whatnot it's you know it's a bit different and i again it's it's totally the the receiver and how they they take it but um yeah it's it's one of those ones you don't mean it you don't intend it as a a blight or a set or, you know this sister king where she sits, starts talking about the sunday school lesson that went sideways Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's where a Sunday school teacher really should should have stepped in and and redirected 
<laughs> redirected that lesson, but um, you know, it, it would be hard if, if that's what you, all you, all you would want is a mess in your home and, mm-hmm. and kids who are loud and obnoxious while you're on vacation or yeah, like, what have you. But, uh, and you I know. think you'd sort of said we need to have grace with people as well. Cause I think sometimes people need to have an opportunity to vent, right? Like in yeah. that situation, right? Like, so it's such a, yeah, uh, some things are needed that are going to affect someone else a certain way. And so it's such a tough situation in general yeah. uh, to, to know how to deal with things, but it's good yeah. to be experienced for us to maybe have more of an understanding. Hey, we don't need to go super deep with someone and ask them, you know, specific questions like that when we first meet them. Well, and, and we don't need to gossip about them. Why aren't they for sure. or what's going on or, yeah, you know, like it's just, you know, I'm sure those conversations can be had, but I think if they're had mm-hmm. in a loving and kind way, as mm-hmm. opposed to, as opposed to anything else or prying or yeah. whatever, it's, you know, yeah. it's a sensitive issue for them. You know, that's fine. It's, there's worse and things in life than not being yeah. able to have kids. There's worse things in life than not being able to get married. And that, we were talking offline. I had a brother in my ward when I was elders quorum president who, who's older and unmarried and, the yeah. lesson was was a, a lesson from the prophets back then, and yeah. it was strictly focused on eternal marriage, the importance mm-hmm. of it, and the importance of father. You know, like that whole dynamic. And, and so I thought, oh shoot, like this is a really <laughs> tough lesson to have. Yeah. With with you know you know Joe or whoever in in this yeah. in this lesson. So I I touched base with them and just was like, hey, but you know, this is the lesson that we're supposed to teach this week. And I said, I just hope that. You know, I, I so I want you to participate, and I want you to share your share your thoughts. But I hope that uh, you know I, the the lesson. You know, hope, hopefully, it doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. I just, considering your circumstance, uh, yeah. maybe 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 it was more offensive for me to talk to him before, um, or or what. But I like to think that it kind of prepped him and warned him a little bit. That, and uh, and he was good. He said he, you'll never find a bigger advocate for eternal marriage than than him. Um, and he still is to this day is a wonderful member of our ward and the ward council. And he, uh, yeah. he serves with honor and integrity and, and he, he actually reminds us several times. There was one time we were doing a, a ward function and mm-hmm. my wife was in the kitchen with a couple other sisters doing dishes and he went and shooed them all away so that he could do the dishes. Yeah. Cause he's like, no, they don't need to be doing the dishes here. And I was cleaning, doing something different, but. Yeah, and he faced them all out, and it was good. He said, "No, the wives don't need to be in there doing the dishes. The men can do them too." And yeah, it was good. He's good, good, good man. But uh, he didn't take offense. Okay, any of it, but it's tough, though. Hey, yeah, it's just yeah, tough, it's, and it's, it's. But I think the big thing though is being aware to have thought beforehand. Yeah, because often, because oftentimes we get in trouble. We're just like, well, everybody must want this or do this or uh and I'm, i've heard lessons too right where it's like this is this is the way to do things to get married at this age and blah 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 yeah. and have kids at this age and this Here's is the, the only template. Yeah. Why, did, why did you follow it yeah and that's not true no there's no template yeah. <laughs> you end up with cookie cutter homes when you when you, build, you do a template. Oh, and those are terrible 
I I actually so you read this this section. I actually ha- highlighted immediately following your section. Let's do it. So he says, Paul uh, explained that the church and its officers are given by God for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, Till we all come in the unity of the fle- of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, it is a sad irony then when someone, feeling he or she doesn't meet the ideal in all aspects of life, concludes that he doesn't or she doesn't belong in the very organization designed by God to help us progress towards the ideal. And that's like a gut punch almost because mm-hmm. I'm quite certain every single person within the sound of our voice knows somebody who we wish was at church, but feels this way, feels like yeah. they don't meet the ideal. They conclude that they don't belong and we wish they would be there and they wish they would feel the, the love of God within with the saints, but they just, they don't. And, uh, and so it's the question then becomes, what can we do to help them to, 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 yeah. to feel God's love? We can't force them to join us. We can't force them to feel like they belong or overcome uh, their conclusions. So we just could, we can, we can help love. Which is really hard to overcome something like that, though, right? Like it's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think you have another paragraph, and then we'll get into it deeper. Oh yeah. So I skipped the next one. Let's let, let us leave judgment. It's a good paragraph, but then I highlighted a second facet of the doctrine of belonging, it has to do with our own contributions. Although we rarely think about it, much of our belonging comes from our service and the sacrifices we make for others and for the Lord. Excessive focus on our personal needs or our own comfort can frustrate that sense of belonging. And uh, yeah, to me, this, this whole, this, it's a sad irony. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this, what can we do to serve tie together? Because yeah. when we focus on what I'm not getting, we tend to withdraw. Yeah. And when we focus on how can we help others, we tend to, uh, you know, build relationships and build community and build things. And yeah. we feel more connected. Um, and this is not just in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's this not is in life in general. This yeah. is a life skill that we yeah. all benefit from getting better at. How can, we, how can we expand our circle instead of shrink our circle? Yeah. Well, and it's so hard to do, though, is what... I just wanted to point out, like, if somebody feels that they don't belong in any organization, whether it's the church or whatever, you can invite them back. You can try to do things that they'd be interested to come. But it's really hard to get them to have a desire to come back. Yeah. It's not a, oh, we'll just do some fun activities that you'll want to enjoy. They're not going to come even if it's something that they want to do often. So it's it's an interesting thing. I don't know if you have any insight on that or examples of when that's something's worked or not. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, and I want to point out like your, to your point, it, the, the hardness of it, yeah. uh, that this, a lot of this discussion, these discussion points are theoretical. This is the theory yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. The application is the hard part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's easy to talk about the theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, applying what we know and what we've learned is is the challenge, mm-hmm. um, and 
and I, I think I just come back to people can cut through the BS. I've had, I've had members which we we um, worked with or individuals which we worked with and uh, who had no interest in coming back to to church. And we've had members we worked with or individuals we worked with who came back to church. And mm -hmm. the difference, the, looking back on it was was I hanging out with that person or trying to visit with that person to get them to come back to church or was I visiting with that person because we wanted to hang out with that person gotcha and we when 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 there was no agenda yeah it was they could feel that we were invested in them and and when yeah. it feels like there's an agenda every you know there's walls there's guards there's they're all worried everyone's concerned and worried and uh you yeah. know that's and then this this these this family that I that I talked about that we helped um, that we worked with and were really good friends with uh, life happened life got busy and they slowly kind of slipped away uh, and then when we recognized that they had slipped away and tried to make efforts to help them come back then it was they then they really started to feel like they were a project oh, okay yeah, yeah and they didn't want anything to do with it. And, and it's been years, and every time I see them, I just say, you know, I miss you guys. You guys are some of my favorite people to hang yeah. out with. And I don't even talk about the fact that I haven't seen them at church. I wanted to, I sort of brought that question up to talk about that a little bit, because I've had instances where if I'm not doing something with someone, I think it's not very beneficial to also invite them to a church activity. Yeah. Like, I don't see as that's a very useful technique, because it really just says... I thought about you because it's church. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you actually have to do something that's on your own, not church related. And once again, the goal is not to get them to church. I think that's big how you were talking about that. That can't be your goal. Yeah. The goal is to help them feel the love of God. And like, that's the got to be the goal. It's building relationships and being connected. Yeah. And they, you know, the, the best thing you can do is be a great example. You know, the worst thing you can do is make your relationship conditional upon their, Oh yeah. Their attendance at church. That's, that's a terrible yeah. error. Uh, what, yeah. I can't remember the book, there was a missionary book that was handed out, uh, our ward mission leader, uh, I would say eight or six or seven years ago, handed out a book to every member in the fam family, every, every member of the, every family in the ward. Okay. And, in the book, it talked about a family who was really working hard to help the missionaries and, and they would get to know a family, uh, you know, have them over a bunch of times and then invite the missionaries over and then they wouldn't be really interested and the family would drop that family yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'd yeah. move on to another family and they'd move on to yeah. another family. And these other families started to notice that they were only friends with this family until they met with the missionaries and said, no, no, thanks. And then they weren't, yeah. you know, it became like a, almost a sticking point in the community that this family was only yeah. interested in having friends yeah. to get them to come to church. And, and, uh, and it was a lot, you know, it had, they turned it around in the book really well to talk about the importance of just loving and being friends and yeah. being, building That's relationships. Great. And, Good yeah. example. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to find that book now. One of these days. Yeah, you better. So moving <laughs> on. Uh, we've got, I just skipped a couple paragraphs, some small lines, and this is what it says. It says, today, unfortunately, consecrating oneself to a cause or sacrificing anything for anyone else is becoming countercultural. 
In a piece for Deseret Magazine last year, author Rod Dreher recounted a conversation with a young mother in Budapest. I am on a Budapest tram with a friend in her early 30s, let's call her Christina, while we are on the way to interview an older Christian woman who, with her late husband, withstood persecution by the communist state. As we bump along the city streets, Christina talks about how hard it is to be honest with friends her age about the struggles she faces as a wife and mother of young children. Christina's difficulties are completely ordinary for a young woman learning how to be a mom and a wife, yet the prevailing attitude among her generation is that life's difficulties are a threat to one's well-being and should be refused. Does she and her husband argue at times? Then she should leave him, they say. Are her children annoying her? Then she should send them to daycare. Christina worries that her friends don't grasp that trials and even suffering are a normal part of life and maybe even part of a good life if that suffering teaches us how to be patient, kind, and loving. University of Notre Dame social, sociologist of religious religion Christian Smith found in his study of adults aged 18 to 23 that most of them believe society is nothing more than a collection of autonomous individuals out to enjoy life. By this philosophy, anything that one finds difficult is a form of oppression. And I wanted to talk about this because I, it really rings true to me. And I had some thoughts over the Christmas holidays about uh, the phrase, uh, you're ruining my vibe or something along those lines. And oftentimes we see that, hey, if somebody's ruining your, your vibe or, you know, just cut them out of your life completely. We see that often. But when we do that, there's a, definitely some negative impacts that come from that. Uh, we had a kid hang out with our kids for a little bit and it's a tough kid, tough kid with some uh, quite bullish to some of our children. And if we just straight up say, no, you're not playing, right? Uh, who, who else is that kid going to play with? But also, it's good growth for my child as long as they're in a safe situation, right? And I, I know that if there's excessive stuff, like, we'd be very concerned. And we monitor it. But also, a lot of times we think of just, you know, that's not my vibe. I'm just not going to put myself out there. I don't have to deal with this. And I understand that because it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that personally. But that's how we grow as a society. And I've noticed uh, the last little while I've done some work with, you know, different charities and volunteer groups. And there is a huge issue getting volunteers to help with anything anymore. Oh, yeah. Anything. No matter how good it is, the sort of this new age of couple generations are not interested in doing volunteer work or serving or being in the community because it's putting yourself out there. And there's going to be some really negative consequence. <clears throat> so this sort of goes back to how we talked about, if you want to be part of belonging, you got to get out there and do your own thing as well. And it's not just church. You do this. You got to get out there in your community and be involved. Uh, whether it's coaching a sports team or whatever is possible for you, you've got to get out there and provide service to the community in general. Yeah, and it's, uh, <coughs> it's going to require us to step out of our comfort zone. 
all yeah, of yeah. It, all of it's going to. Yeah, and that's we spoke about earlier about expanding our circle as opposed to with withdrawing our yeah. circle. And I think COVID and and this tribalism that we've been seeing in the last, you know, the increased tribalism, I should say, uh, yeah. has for not forced but caused people to look inward as opposed completely as opposed to look outward and look for opportunities for growth and opportunities that help one another. And, you know, if you're looking inward, we're cutting out the people who we don't agree with. We unfriend people on Facebook or we, you know, it's, and it's totally, uh, I think in this generation, it's a, it's partially a result of social media in that it's so easy to, you know, unfriend somebody or block somebody or cut somebody out of your life or ghost somebody because we don't talk to each other on the phone or in person yeah. we don't we don't know how to handle those interactions anymore not we yeah. jet, everyone but yeah but i've even teased my family by like who and then when they phone me on on my cell phone like, who phones people text yeah. me that you want to talk and i'll we can call like we can set up a time but yeah, yeah. cold call me what kind of hotel is this yeah, but then yeah. i laugh at myself because that's uh, you know i'm a i'm a millennial i'm the oldest part of the millennial gap but um, you know, that, that, uh, that's a purely millennial thing and phone calls are so helpful and so beneficial and yeah. so healthy for us to talk to people. Well, uh, anyway, it's, it's ridiculous how we've become. And I just like quickly, like the phone call thing, I don't want to go off on a crazy tangent about it, but <laughs> I remember enjoying phone calls oh, five, yeah. 10 years ago and how quickly society's changed. And I've personally changed, like you said, uh, sometimes yeah. the missionaries will call me. I'm not able to answer it and I'll text them back and say, Hey, what do you need? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> how oh, dare you call me? This meeting yeah. could have been an email. Yeah. Why do I, why do I have to do this in person? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, really one thing COVID taught me was I would much <laughs> rather be in person face to face than have to do something online. It's, yes. It's, there's way more benefit to it, but, uh, those are lessons that had to be learned through yeah. trial and error. And texting is not the most effective form of communication because people read it with it whatever whatever voice they want to read it. And, uh, yeah, it's not very helpful. There's, yeah. I've seen some funny skits about that uh, where they have the one chill just texting his buddy and the other guy's taking a crazy offensive and is ready to fight and they meet up to go for drinks yeah. or something and the one guy's <laughs> ready to beat him up with, yeah. Why would, why would you be so... Yeah, yeah. yeah, good. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about a lot of good things here, but this I'm going to wrap it up with last Perfect. couple of paragraphs. He, he goes, the final and most important element of the doctrine of belonging is, sent, is the central role of Jesus Christ. We don't join the church for fellowship alone. It's important. Uh, but we join for redemption through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. We join to secure the ordinances of salvation and exaltation for ourselves and those we love on both sides of the veil. We join to participate in a great project to establish Zion in preparation for the Lord's re- return. The church is the custodian of the covenants of salvation and exaltation that God offers us through the ordinances of the holy priesthood. It is by keeping these covenants that we obtain the highest and deepest sense of belonging. President Russell M. Nelson recently wrote, Quote, once you and I have made a covenant with God, our relationship with him becomes much closer than before our covenant. Than before our covenant. Now we are bound together. Because of our covenant with God, he will never tire in his efforts to help us. We will never exhaust his merciful patience with us. 
and each of us has a special place in God's heart, and Jesus Christ is the guarantor of those covenants. And I just wanted to speak to that a bit because I think this is where uh, we fall short a little bit. Uh, a lot of people will treat the the church as a social club, mm-hmm. uh, and yet other people will treat it as I'm here for Jesus Christ. I'm here with because of my, my connection with Him and my worship of Him. And then we get then they get mistreated so poorly by this social club that they say, how can this church be true if these people will treat me this way? Mm. And so it's, it's critical for us to recognize why we are there. You know, it's great that we socialize. In my ward, I regularly defend the ward when the stake comes and has thoughts about how loud my ward is before we start mm-hmm. because they visit. That's, that's very, there's a lot of visiting going on. And they're like, they always say that to me, a lot of visiting. A lot of visiting going on. I say, yeah, it's great to be in a ward who loves each other. <laughs> That's how I say it every single time. And uh, but you know, it's it's good that we socialize and that we love each other. However, um, you know, it, it it it's very challenging to invite the spirit before a sacrament meeting when there's so much. It is so much visiting and so much chatting and and whatnot going on. So mm-hmm. uh, it is important to recognize the import of why we're there. Um, you know, but it also doesn't hurt for us to foster these relationships. So there's a fine line there. I'm not saying don't visit. No, for sure. And I, I think that also speaks to like what we think of as our own time, right? Yeah. So we come to church, we're there already. That's church time. And like you say, not nearly as many people seem to visit at the end for as long, right? It's like, get me out of here. I want to go yeah. have lunch. I wanna... <laughs> so it's, it's interesting, right? Like, how that's we'll just visit at the end <laughs> yeah just sidle, sidle this one out a little bit later or yeah yeah except that you're going to spend an extra 10-15 minutes after church kids can run around whatever play in the gym yeah just relax you're not in a rush <clears throat> you'll be fine yeah no it is interesting yeah uh, and uh, he he wraps up here, probably one of my favorite lines, being one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is without without doubt the ultimate in belonging. Thus, the doctrine of belonging comes down to this. Each one of us can affirm, Jesus Christ died for me. He thought me worthy of his blood, and he loves me and can, and can make all the difference in my life. Uh, and I just, I love that because if we're, striving to belong if we're striving to find our place in the world and we're and we're reaching out to others we're doing what we can do and we're involving jesus christ our circle will be the size that it needs to be mm-hmm. to benefit us and to benefit those around us and and we will we will have maximum uh benefit maximum penetration in the world of of our love and our heavenly father's love yeah and i just want to echo my testimony that if you or anyone who's listening to this podcast feels that they're not belonging, that they're struggling to belong in whatever situation, reach out and serve in some capacity, whether it's doing extra curricular at work or with, you know, youth programs or just serving uh, for not-for-profits and charities, reach out and serve. And it will it will change your world. Like a lot of my relationships, that's where they've come from. Uh, 
when I served in stake youth activities or as in stake young men's, I remember going around and just serving and making sure I visited with people, et cetera, et cetera. And it's crazy how the relationships were built based upon that. In fact, that's where you and I sort of became friends again, right? When we started oh, yeah. a stake young men's calling a few years catch, back. Catch up with each other at stake functions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so it's it's just interesting. Get yourself out there and serve. And the church isn't the only place that you can serve. I just want to make certain that that's right. Yeah. Like, of, of course, you can do regular service, whether it's ministering, your calling, whatever. But uh, if you're feeling that you're not belonging, there are lots of places that if you start serving, you will find some sort of belonging somewhere. And I bear that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> amen. I appreciate that, Kevin. It's uh it's it's a principle that we would all benefit from if you feel like you're not belonging mm-hmm. um and you reach out i'm confident you'll find other people that feel just like you mm-hmm. and feel like they don't belong for much the same reasons you don't belong yeah i think the majority of people feel isolated uh and i think that they just need somebody to step up to help help yeah. help them to feel connected and feel together and and you might be that person at this time Exactly. Uh, and if somebody else is reaching out to you, do not, you know, shut them down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go to things and, and be part of a community and be connected with them. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident that you will feel of our Heavenly Father's love for you and you'll help others feel of their his love for them. And, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for you, Kevin. I'm grateful I felt... Uh, I felt a great deal of love when I hang out with you and your family. So you do a great job of sharing our Heavenly Father's love with those around you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll shut her down there. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Love you. I love you and your family, too. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for, yeah. uh, for opportunities to serve and to be together and be connected. It makes us better. Yeah. Okay, see you later. Okay, thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening. Give us a like, follow, or rating wherever you consume podcasts or come find us on Instagram or spiritualcrusade.com. We hope you're uplifted by this general conference review. Don't forget to review and study the words of the prophets and apostles, and we challenge you to find something from these talks which speaks to your soul and helps you to find meaningful growth and draw closer to our Savior.